<laughs> All right. Well, that was a little bit of pretty a sure we're live right now. Oh, um, yeah. Welcome back to B&E. We had some, you know, common technical difficulties here in What's the studio, here? but so excited to be back. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Beautiful. Well, how are we doing? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty, doing yes, all right. I feel great to be back. So, I don't have audio, so like, I'm just going to go with this. I can't now, so it's probably... You never have audio. No, there's always something going wrong, so I'll just That's do it okay. the old-fashioned way. Yeah, um, it's coming through static. Talking to the... Mine sounds perfectly talking fine. Talking to the mic, So I'm baby. talking right now, it's and you guys hear me all right? Talking Beautiful. Here. I'm talking here. So, <laughs> welcome back to B&E. This is our second season here. We've come a long way in the last year um, in terms of a lot of things, but we're really happy to be back in the studio and being able to talk about Boston sports. A little bit of New York sports here and there yeah. to satisfy our friends that have different interests. So some of the things we wanted to start off with are some of the topics that we didn't get a chance to talk about in the studio with uh, school letting out back in May. Um, you know, we kept up on social media, but it's always good to really break down some of the stuff that happened. I think the biggest thing that we really should start off with is the Boston Celtics made the NBA Finals. I mean, that this is a team we talked Woo. about all last season as capable of making the championship and we you know winning it in an ideal world but you know i think what they were able to to you know do in june and and just it kind of summed up what we talked about all year so mm. some thoughts on that boys um they definitely they definitely didn't look ready against the warriors um I, even though i feel like they were they, they probably could have taken advantage in um uh, more spots in the series. They were inexperienced, obviously, being the younger team. But I think that they'll be ready next time around. I completely f- forgot about the finals. <laughs> I just <laughs> and, before uh, I walked in, I completely, I completely forgot that they were in the finals. I mean, they went out and made this a couple a, key acquisitions. <laughs> this is a Boston Celtics fan talking right now. I completely forgot they were in the finals. Yeah, that's a tough look. Yeah, it is. But um, Gallinari, hopefully heals up before the end of the season, could use him for the playoffs. And Malcolm Brogdon, former sixth man of the year. Or not former sixth man, future sixth man of the year. Former rookie of the year. He's going to be a key part of this team. Him and Smart are going to split time, I, pro- I, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they'll gel very well together. I think he's going to be the, the exact facilitator that we've been looking for the last few years. Mm-hmm. I think he can do it a little bit better than Smart. Which is hard to admit because I love Marcus Smart, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm excited to see what he brings to the team. I mean, for a long time, Celtics fans, you know, NBA fans, always said that the Celtics needed like a quote unquote true point guard. Um, Malcolm Brogdon is that guy. I don't know what his usage will be. Will it be you know the starting point guard with Smart at the two? Will he come off the bench? But um, you know, I think that's important to talk about because we just made the finals with the roster and we seemingly improved that yeah. roster without giving up any of the core. You know. Shipped off Aaron Neesmith. Yeah, I think we got rid of Tice as well. But I mean, like he'll be back by the uh, trade deadline. <laughs> the way the Celtics <laughs> operate. Um, but yeah, I you know I think it's uh, kind of like Ethan said. Like it wasn't the most memorable playoff run in terms of Boston sports history. But then again, we're very spoiled here as Boston sports fans. Um, we've seen a lot of great championship runs. But some of the things that we definitely need to just recap on is that the Celtics swept the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant in the first round, uh, a matchup that... Yeah, and then they tried to leave. Yeah, and then they... They didn't want smoke. <laughs> yep, they tried to get out of there. You know, Kyrie caused his internal issues with the team, which is pretty common at this point. Um, 
you know, I thought that was interesting. We talked. I'm pretty sure we did get a chance to talk about that, whether yeah, it was I over Zoom so. or something. But yeah. that's still a good point to note is that you know we swept the team that everyone thought would be in the championship. Uh, you know, we beat the reigning champs with the Bucks, and then you know we go on this run and we end up facing the Warriors, which is just kind of the luck of the draw. I mean, Steph yeah. Curry is a generational talent. So. I think it was just a bad matchup for us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think that if the Bucks were in our place, they probably would have won that series. Yeah. Like against the Warriors, mm-hmm. it's just it was a tough matchup. But I think that we've improved. Yeah. And you know, next year Tatum's coming out the gate, MVP season, thirty points per game. You know, so yeah, it's really Brown playing second fiddle, but not far behind. Mm-hmm. You know, a big thing that I know we haven't gotten a chance to at least talk about is that there was the Kevin Durant to Boston rumors all summer. Um, yeah. I. You guys, as you know, I can't stand that. Real Bostonians don't want them. I I don't see a point in them getting Kevin Durant. Granted, like given where they were at the end of last season, may, like losing in the finals, bringing in Kevin Durant, I think that is just sending them three steps backwards to go one step forward because the price for Kevin Durant isn't going to be cheap. So nobody's going to want to give up. They're, the Celtics are basically be giving up half of their team of like consistent players who are who find themselves out there on the court you know all the time so you know by going out and trading for kevin durant it's it's just gonna leave him worse off yeah you're right it'll just it'll, it'll create a large hole in the roster that only one player is going to fill and that's not gonna help you in terms of making a championship run exactly and that's why you see that the suns didn't want to do it you know, nobody wanted to do it because of what they'd have to give up for mm-hmm. Kevin Durant and the amount of money that he'd be eating up. You know, it's going to make that'd probably be a lot of teams' only off-season move because they wouldn't be able to make anymore. Yeah, with how much they have to bring on yeah. with getting Kevin Durant. I think that goes for their, um, like a lot of sports. Is once you get a player who's a surefire Hall of Famer. Um, and wants out of his team and doesn't get all the offers that he would expect a player of his caliber to get, it's because the teams that he wants to go to aren't willing to give up the stuff that they would need to give up in order to get a player of his caliber. And the players that or the teams that would be willing to give up all the stuff, the player doesn't want to go to. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Kevin Durant, who like wanted to go to a winning team, he wasn't going to get to a winning team because no winning team was willing to give up the amount of stuff that Brooklyn was asking for. Yeah. Um, and you see that all the time. Yeah. In, and as a fan, you hear all stuff. the time, you know, when one of your favorite players, one of the better players gets traded from the team. Oh, it's it's a business. Sports is a business. Right. Oh, it's a business. But, like, you don't really see the reverse of, oh, we're not going to take you on because it's a business. You know, we. I don't – I can't remember a time – or a player off the top of my head where people are like, no, we don't want to bring you on. That hurts our business as opposed to we have to get rid of you because it's a business. Sean Watson? That's that's a completely that's different so, story. That's a, that's a <laughs> different beast right there. I, I don't think you can compare that situation <laughs> to Kevin Durant. I, because Definitely not. So Unless many other factors about Kevin in Durant. that. This this business decision was purely money. basketball, basketball, basketball and money, not conduct. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, to build upon the Kevin Durant and you know what Seth added, I think having the Rudy Gobert trade happen a few weeks before the Kevin Durant stuff really started to build up, 
um, set a very you know unique precedent in terms of NBA trades. If you look at what Minnesota was able to get, or n- not Minnesota, Utah was able to get from Minnesota. You know, it's one of those things where if Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gobert is getting that type of picks and young prospects and role players, that, and you know Rudy Gobert is a very well-respected defensive player in terms of the eyes of the voters. You know, two-time defensive player of the year. Um, what is Kevin Durant going to get? And even you know any of the teams that were interested, whether it was the Celtics, if that was confirmed or not, the Suns, or any of these teams looking to go get it, you know, Kevin Durant, who will go down as you know a clear NBA legend, first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, you would be giving up so much of your team that, you know, is it even worth it at that point? Right. And Kevin Durant's on a four-year contract, and he hasn't particularly been healthy um, and consistent in terms of, like, how much he can stay on the court. So I think that's why it ended up not working out, and I think that's why the Nets and Kevin Durant kind of just agreed that, you know what, we're not going to be able to kind of... We're not going to be able to break up, so let's just run it out and see what happens. Um... But I don't think any functional environment, any functional functional work environment should start with that kind of like, you know what I mean? It's like they, they both publicly talked about how much right, they, they don't they like each other. They publicly shamed each other. And, and now yeah. they're back and together now, yeah, and so they're all not, good. It's, yeah, it's like a bad public, like you said, public breakup. And all of a sudden they're back and everybody's like, well, wait a minute. I'm not worried. What about the things that y'all are saying? I'm so, curious yeah. as to how, you know, the operation of the Nets is going to work after... You know, Kevin Durant publicly said... Insulted them. I want Steve Nash. And who's the general manager? Um, Joe something. I it's think. it's like an Asian name? I, uh, I, I don't, don't I don't know. know. But he basically said publicly... Uh, I was thinking of the owner. It's uh, Joseph Tsai, T-S-A-I. Uh, and he uh, is, a, in fact, Asian. Okay, well, he want Taiwanese. He was saying that he wanted... You know, Nash and the GM fought, gone right. in order to bring him back. But exactly. I mean, you can't just you can't do, do that. that. You can't do that. Just to <clears throat> make one one player happy yeah, after not yeah. how it works. You know, I wouldn't. You know, if they won the won the championship, then maybe I'd start listening. But you got swept out of the first round, right? And then okay, great. Let's say the Nets get rid of that to please Kevin Durant. Now Kevin Durant has no one in the locker room because no one in the locker room is going to respect a player. Who's basically just got rid of the coach and the um, and the and the the front office? Yeah. No, and no one, yeah no so one like you're not gonna have anybody to people are really gonna, back you up there. And you know? the the new front office will be sort of more intimidated to work with you, as if you know, as if to say they make one mistake and he's like, yeah. "I want you gone." I mean, you put know, yourself in a situation no where they. They don't make it past the first round again next year. Does this entire saga happen again? That whole team mm-hmm. needs to be blown up if they don't make it past the first round. Oh, definitely. I mean, I think the four of us can all agree on this point that we're looking for the Nets to just have as much, you know, dry on a failure yeah. as we can because... I love watching that team shamble. You know, as, as a Celtics fan and our connection to Kyrie, uh, yeah. I love to see them struggle. Um, <laughs> Kevin Durant, obviously... Them, and could have joined Boston course. back in 2016. You know, I know Tom Brady. That was when Tom Brady. Them. They brought Kelly Olynyk over. They pulled out Dave all Ortiz. The, they pulled out all the big names. If the Kelly Warriors Olenek, didn't, Ortiz and if the Warriors Brady. didn't break the wins record the season before, he would have came to the Celtics. I think. And you know, we'd be in a completely different situation right now because we wouldn't be looking at our young talent and saying how much we can. Uh, that was a time. It's a different time when he would have been perfect for the team. Because he was a free agent, and you're not giving up anything to get him. We had the max contract slot. Yeah. 
I believe we picked up Al Horford that offseason. Yeah, we he did. Would have, he would have picked. We would have picked up KD as well. We that, had, and that was the year we had, we had, had, had his crazy year. And yeah, I'm just right. looking at the depth of that team. It would have been nice. And we, we I think it would have been. Yeah, we put, we would have got past solid. LeBron, and it would have been Celtics Warriors with Isaiah Thomas and Avery Bradley, Al Horford, KD. KD, so you know. Mm. Oh my, I would have loved that. You gotta, you gotta. They could have seriously won the title that year. You gotta look back at the what ifs in sports and just kind of see because Celtics are in a good position right now, but we don't. Yeah. Oh, had a I title. mean, and Kevin Durant was one of the, the players that was gonna end up going to the Knicks. Yeah, as is every other big name player that hits free agency or the trade block. Carmelo Anthony. So, I mean, he was on the Knicks. But no, like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But you see, like Zion, people are like Zion to the Knicks, LeBron to the Knicks, KD to the Knicks, Devin Booker to the Knicks, Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks. That almost seemed like a done deal. Every single one I, seemed like a done deal. Yeah. And, and so then like they Kevin go Dur- ahead and sign Jalen Brunson to like a $160 million deal. Or I don't think it was a bad addition. I think it was just at a bad price. Yeah. We, um, we'll, 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 we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I'm not sold on his game, really. But, yeah. Like I said, we'll see. Or like you said, we'll see. Yeah. So the Eastern Conference obviously got better. And as fans of Eastern Conference teams... Especially, you know, Celtics and Knicks. We have to look at the possibility of it being even harder to win a championship than it was this past year. I mean, the Eastern Conference used to be looked at as like the weaker, the easier conference out of the two back when there was, you know, the West with the Warriors and the Lakers and even like the Rockets back in, you know, 2016, 17, around that time. In recent years. But if you look at the Eastern Conference, there are possibly eight or nine teams that could compete for a championship you know if everyone stays healthy you know like you just mentioned donovan mitchell to the Cavs, which is another young core that will probably develop at a similar pace to how tatum and brown did um hopefully not as quick but if you just look at that young core they're going to be hanging with us for a long time just based on age and potential yeah. um obviously you have the bucks they're not going anywhere and you, you just have all these teams that are on the rise and everyone's going to be trying to compete for that championship I think a positive thing about the Donovan Mitchell trade, obviously it's not the greatest thing that he's on the Cavs. That's another you know Eastern Conference team that's going to be competing, but I'm just glad he didn't end up in Miami because there was a lot of reports coming out this offseason where he was hanging and out with Tyler. place where he was outspoken yeah. saying that he wanted to go there. He was publicly hanging out with Jimmy Butler and Bam, and I was really kind of convinced that that was where he was going to go at first before the Knicks started to kind of build interest. Um, and that would have been kind of a tough situation because... In the Heat, the Heat are a good team. So right. if they had gotten, I mean, the Heat were like one missed free, one missed three point shot by Jimmy Butler to yeah, going finals. to the finals instead of the Celtics yeah. for the second time in three years too, which yeah. is underrated. I feel like yeah. a lot of people. I mean, I got, I guess I got to give the Heat a little bit of credit because they're like sneaky good. I feel like I don't know. They don't seem like they're that good on paper. Like Jimmy Butler in, in the regular season yeah. average yeah. just over twenty a game, and Bam will average like. 15 or whatever and he's not a average center you know he's like six eight but he he's big he's bigger built and he he grabs rebounds like more than you think like he's sort of like a dennis rodman type where like you know he's smaller but he gets all the rebounds so yeah nobody like looks at this that heat team or any of the heat teams really like that's that they're like a contender that's yeah. a finals contender they have a shot like i'm looking at the depth chart currently and I, I'm impressed by Jimmy Butler and Bam, but I know that they're not the only two that are really carrying. They're not carrying them, but they're not. 
he had some crazy moments against the Celtics. There was one game where he just couldn't miss, and I think it was... It might have been... Brendan, you were there. It was a game three at the Garden where Jimmy Butler hit that like ridiculous turnaround shot at the end of the shot clock or something like that. It was like some absolute BS shot, Hail Mary, that he threw up and it went in. Yeah. And it was like we needed a miss there too. But, you know, I don't know. He's he's a different animal in the playoffs. I guess I'll give him that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Well, it should be exciting to see how the NBA at least the Eastern Conference goes out this year. It's it's a long season, but yeah, there's definitely potential for some cool matchups. Um, I mean, you look at the Bulls last year. I went to a game in November, and they were like, "Oh yeah, Bulls are going to the championship." Like they they went all in, and it worked. And by the end of the season, they're yeah. not even. They're in a very tough spot right now. Mm-hmm. Got to stay healthy, and you gotta you know make sure you have good chemistry with the team, and you should be set up for success. Speaking of success. Hopefully Patrice Bergeron. I was going to say not the Red Sox. Can <laughs> give us some success. Yep, I was talking. I was about to build on the chemistry thing. Patrice Bergeron, thankfully, is, is back for and David Krejci, and David Krejci. That's so, right. You know, they got the gang back together, got the band back together. Um, it was definitely a topic that we had kind of fantasized about on B and E. Where like we should just one last run at. We it. knew Krejci wasn't done. It just it, I knew it, it didn't done. feel right. In the I end. mean, but at the end of the day, does he really bring anything? Yes. So you is he really going to elevate you to yes. a Stanley Cup? I think he's better. He could. Than, I think no, he's, he's better not. Than, I think he he's could. better than Hall at the second line. I, yeah, I, th- I agree. No, I I, think isn't he, Hall a winger? Hall's not playing center for he you. He was playing second line. Eric Kala, not Taylor Hall. That, I was Eric Kala. My bad. Then I was okay. David Krejci. But like, yes, I'd say yes. Krejci is better than Eric Hall. David Krejci is like five tiers of a better player than Eric Hall is. But at he's, the end of the day, David Krejci now in his career should not be a top six forward. You know, not true. I don't disagree. He may not have offensive skills. That you think, but like his playmaking yeah. ability is that good. It's yeah. like you wouldn't think Marcus Smart would be like a top player no, in Marcus the NBA. Marcus Smart is a top player in the NBA. No, not really. He in is. Terms of like defensive player of the year. I understand that, but is Tony Allen, was he ever a top player in the NBA? I mean, he was great at defense, just like Marcus Smart, but like he was never a top player in the NBA. Marcus Smart is not one of the top players in the NBA. Depends how many As players a huge are in Marcus Smart fan. <laughs> it's right. If, if you're taking the top 200 players, he's a top 200 player. That's such a broad list. It is. It what? is. Nobody's making David that David Krejci would be list. a top 200 player in the NHL, probably. Like, what are you talking about? That makes I don't sense. even think he would be. Yes, he would. Name I don't think. Name 200 NHL. I was, yeah, I was right, now, say, I'm right now. Right now. Like 200 okay. guys of the top. Conor McDavid. Patrice well, Bergeron. Obviously. Yeah, we're going to stop this. Right, right I'm going to stop it, too. That's top two. Right Krejci there. will help the team. In order? In order. With Taylor in Hall in order. and David and, um, and Bergeron. Yeah, because that's what the second line's probably going to look like. It's going to be Krejci, Hall, and Pasternak, and oh, that line it, is going to be absolutely dynamite. That's what it should be. That's what it should be. That's what it should be because Are you saying DeBrusque is going to be on the first line? Yeah, probably, It'll yeah. be DeBrusque and uh, um, Pavel that's just, Zaka. That's just the way. Well, I don't know, actually, because now we have a new head coach. Jim Montgomery. I completely um, forgot about that, too. It's been a rough summer. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I was. I hated that decision to fire Bruce yeah, Cassidy. Was, that was, was a very terrible decision because I guess instead of one of the best coaches in the NHL, Who's also who? He also went to the Knights, by the way. So now they're just even better. And yeah. Jim Montgomery, I don't even know anything about him. I think he was the coach of the Stars for like half a season. I don't know. That's all. I, yeah, I don't. I don't. Hopefully he's good. There was a report coming out when he got fired that like it was. Yeah, it was in like it was either it was, it was he, like no, alcohol abuse was, or something. I, I didn't see that. I think he like. But I just saw him. it was either Bergeron or Cassidy. 
and it was I guess Bergeron like Bergeron had or Casti had lost the respect of Bergeron, Ooh. and I think the front office knew this. I'm not sure how credible this was. I, I saw it on Twitter, but it was it was basically like the front office was like, you either bring back Bergeron or you bring back Bruce Cassidy. I, I and I think that I there has to be that. something on that level of importance for them to make that move because mm-hmm. it, it can't be just like a minor thing. Well, it can't no. be like it can't be like Jake DeBrusque doesn't like their head coach That's so they're confirmed. gonna fire him. That's totally confirmed that DeBrusque and Bruce Cassidy did not oh, yeah. along. But it's, it's like the front office is not gonna fire Cassidy because Jake DeBrusque yeah, doesn't because like him. Because the doesn't only like reason him. they're gonna do it is if there's some, you know, legal stuff. Because clearly he had been performing. It wasn't a performance issue that they fired him. I, he had been I, I performing agree with that. especially with the roster that he was given over the last, yeah, last three year, years. Yeah, he had exactly. had Almost nothing to work with as a head coach, and I think I think it has to be something where it's you know a player that they want to resign or are planning to resign, and that would be Bergeron, Marshan, Pasternak. Yeah, Pasternak. Long term. I want to say I'd they made the playoffs. I'd say every or McAvoy or McAvoy. I'd say if any either Bergeron, Pasternak, uh, Marshan, or McAvoy, if any of those four didn't like them, I think that's the reason why they fired Cassidy. Yeah, it, it's not because Eric Halla. Yeah. Was upset yeah. about his playing yeah. time, or Nick Felino didn't like his Four minutes, you know, right? I, like that's not yeah. something they're gonna. It has to be yeah. something on that level. I think that's that's probably you know a very good theory, and there's definitely going to be evidence that'll come out someday about that. You know, my take on it is, you know, I agree with if Bergeron came to the upper management, whether it was the owners or whether it was Cam Neely or whether it was Don Sweeney, and he said, "I'll come back for one last dance, but you got to get rid of Bruce." Right, right. That's I would agree with that move because I'd prefer to have Bergeron for one last dance and maybe even Krejci and the other guys over Bruce. And I'm a huge fan of Bruce. I thought he did a great job with yeah. the team. My other theory, and this is the one that I feel Bruins fans as a whole share, is that upper management put the blame on Bruce. And when I mean upper management, I mean Don Sweeney not making moves to put us in the Cam championship Neely. position and Cam Neely not. Yeah. And our horrible but, owner. Jeremy Jacobs. Yeah. I think that is the other probable situation is that something needed to be done. We haven't made the cup since 2019, which we, that cup run could that be considered. Special. It was a special run. It could be considered a Cinderella story. That you was, know, that, that something like Tampa Bay got knocked in the first round. You know what I mean? Like there were like four consecutive sweeps. Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure it was, um, I, I don't remember exactly how it went, but I, I know, know we swept Carolina. We swept Carolina. And then we I think five, Carolina it was five games swept somebody Columbus. else, maybe. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, Columbus. You, yeah, they, I, beat, I, they, they beat the Lightning, right? Yeah. So Columbus yeah. beat the Lightning in 2019 first round, and then that we got awesome. Columbus, and then we got Carolina, yeah. and then I believe we got Toronto first round. Of that Columbus, game. by if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure they played us pretty hard. Columbus. Yeah, yeah, they, they get, were. That yeah. was that, that was the last year that Panarin was on that team, I think. And, uh, Bob Bobrowski, the goalie. Bobrowski, Bobrowski. Yeah, the goalie. Um. But back to the Bruce Cassidy thing, I think it's just we'll find out someday. But my, I, I personally believe that he was like the blame was put on him for them underperforming, yeah. and that, yeah. that someone needed to take the fall. And as Bruins fans, I think the consensus was get rid of Don Sweeney, get rid of the upper management, bring someone in that knows how to draft, bring someone in that knows how to scout talent, and then then you can have your veterans not have to do all the work. Because in an ideal world, Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci should not have to be relied on to do all the heavy lifting we should have drafted guys that can kind of come up beneath them and support them and take the pressure off them but now we're going into you know Bergeron's probably final year with the team along with Krejci and there's some question marks as to can they even compete with the roster they have right now you know Marshan's hurt McAvoy's hurt 
Um, you have a new coach, a new system going into place. So there's a lot of question marks going into this season. And I, did, I mean, they just renewed Sweeney's contract. So like, right. you're in a weird situation where Sweeney's going to be the head of this rebuild whenever it happens. And we were looking last season at B and E that this could be the rebuild year. This could be the year where we start like seeing our, you know, our childhood heroes and the Bruins organization get, you know, retire and get shipped off. So I think I think situation. in sports. It's something that doesn't really get talked about much, but having former players join the front office is such a tricky situation for yeah. any team. Um, obviously, there's like first thing that comes to mind is the Ravens, and they have Ozzie Newsome, who is like the best GM in football, and he used to play for them, and you know it's worked wonderfully for the Ravens. They've gotten like two Super Bowls when when he's the GM. But then there's also times where it's Cam Neely, who was beloved by Bruins fans, number retired, one of the greatest Bruins of all time. Mm-hmm. They bring him in on a in a in a front office role, and it's completely hit the fan. Um, and it's like ownership as well. He's a Bruins legend. There's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. But now you have Bruins fans who are completely forgetting the legacy that he left on the ice and only viewing him. Um, as what he's doing uh, front office wise and then there's only people that are tuning out what he's doing in the front office and only viewing him for how he was as a player and therefore it's it's a complete mess because you know Jeremy Jacobs who was I don't even know if he was the owner when Neely played probably just based off the looking of him um, <laughs> but yeah, he's quite you know old. he's like oh Cam Neely one of the greatest Bruins of all time his numbers in the rafters and so it's like he's basically invincible they can't do anything, and I think Cam Neely's aware of this, and he doesn't really have to worry about job security because all he has to do is just do anything, and he's Cam Neely. He's a Bruins legend. Yep. And so I think yeah. that's, that's something that doesn't really get talked about a lot, but, like, it's... Yeah, it's a fair it's, point. It's really... It's like the Bruins are sort of out of luck in that situation yeah. because Cam Neely can basically do whatever he wants. Yeah, and he... he I mean, you're right. I mean, he had they, he did a great job but when he was on the team, you know what I mean? So it's just... Where do you go from here? But I don't know. That's why we are not in the front office. No, we will definitely judge the decisions that are being made by the upper management, and hopefully the team performs well. Uh, mm. Honestly, I just want to see like a, a semi-successful last year for our veteran players, yeah, just, just because a, of a respectful way to yeah. go out. I would like to see. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Our next topic, staying on the kind of disappointing note, is the Boston Red Sox. So, Yucky. last time we actually had a full breakdown of the Boston Red Sox, you know, it was the beginning of the season, and we're like, they're coming off a crazy playoff run. We were one game out of the World Series last year with a t- the year- two. two. Yeah, we were close. I'll, I'll we, we lost that. in the ALCS. We were close yeah, yeah. to a World Series Whatever run with a roster that was over, overachieving, overachieving yeah. in my eyes. Um, yes. And it's completely falling apart this year. Uh, it's really... You know, a few bright spots, but in general, it's just, it's frustrating. I mean, we signed Trevor Story in the offseason. That was a move that... Interesting. I didn't expect just because of the, you know, the infield we had already, but I'm not complaining. You know, when he is healthy and when he's playing, he is, you know, living up to the money that we've given him. And there's a lot of question marks going into this offseason. Uh, obviously, they did not extend Raphael Devers or Xander Bogarts. Um, those are two of our, you know, most important players at, on the team right now. Um, you know, you have Kiki, Kiki, not yeah, you get Kiki. <laughs> excuse me. Um, You're Drake, Kiki. Uh, a one-year, what, ten million dollar extension? Yeah. Um, keep him on the team. I like that move, but I think there's a lot of different 
priorities to take care of uh, with balloon at the head. I like know. that move too. It's a good. It's a good start. And or yeah. like it's a good like objective move in terms of just playing it by ear. You know, making mm-hmm. sure because you know um, he finished last year in the postseason. Especially he was hitting like crazy good, and you know he was super clutch in pl- in the playoffs and stuff like that. And this year has been quite the opposite. He's actually been quite bad. He's hitting in the eighth spot a lot of the time recently at least um but yeah i I like that move because at least shows that they're trying to take a little bit of precaution they don't want to overpay for somebody who isn't performing yeah that's a good point yeah um at this point we'll take you know we'll shift the focus over to a team that we don't like to talk about (laughs) on a boston sports radio show but seth what are your you know your hopes and also your expectations for the new york yankees this postseason well, obviously, <clears throat> as any any fan of any team, your hope for your team that you support is a championship, it's a World Series. But I don't know. Like, it's right now, playoff and World Series mode is so in the back of my head now because of, you know, his, like the past decade, they've come so close or like over, barely. Over a decade. Uh, all right. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Or barely <laughs> close. Well, no, because after 2009, you know, they started to slowly decline out of that playoff push that they had within yeah. recent. But, uh, like, with this whole Aaron Judge stuff, I'm more focused, not necessarily on his race, like, to 61 or 60, however. But 61's the record. Right. The AL okay, record. Yeah, the AL record. 61. But it's just more of what what next, right? Like, I can't, like, I don't want to imagine him wearing a different uniform. Like, I saw you po- tweeted earlier. I was just about to pull up my tweet. <laughs> you tweeted earlier about him and the Red Sox, but I highly doubt that they, if they were unwilling to pay Mookie Betts, yeah, that's true. they're not going to pay Aaron Judge maybe, after maybe this, this is a, Maybe this is a makeup move, and they're like, oh, we got shellacked. In the media, right? I think the Mookie Betts situation. So you say goodbye to both Devers and Bogarts. Yeah, or get all chance. three. Yeah, that's get all there's three. There's no chance that can happen. Oh, if no, they want to spend an un- ungodly amount of money, they can make it happen. I don't think there's enough money. No, our quote. Ownership. This is Aaron Judge about Red Sox fans. Breaking news: They're some of the best in baseball. They're going to boo you and say some things. Some things you can okay. literally say that about any fan. They're going to make you. <laughs> they're going to make you laugh. He's not a very good speaker, by the way. It's all well, part. He's of not it. really getting paid to speak yeah, or trying to get paid to speak. They, they have a lot of great history here. This is one of the best places to play. Okay, it's always fun to go out Damn. there and try to put on a show. And then when he was asked if he was considered signing with Boston, he goes, "Ooh, Ooh. we'll talk about that at the end of the year." I think it's something you have to note before we break this down, Aaron Judge. Grew up a Red Sox fan, or has just been seen wearing Red there's Sox shirts at a, picture, a young age, like a with a female, uh, like a random a picture shirt. of him wearing a Red Sox shirt. The dude was raised in California, <laughs> so I don't. I mean, we've had some successful years over the last twenty well, years of baseball. So. Like I wore, like last year, I wore an Andrew Benintendi jersey, Red Sox jersey. That's fire. what does that mean? That's yeah, fire. so I lost a bet. That's what that means. There's exactly there's, yeah. a, there's a possibility. That. That's fine. Now he's a Yankee. So was that because yes. you lost a wild card game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or was right. it the Jets game? That's right. I think it was the Jets game. It was probably the Jets game. Decided a bet like I think the Jets are going to win. Well, I always say that fifty-four to seventeen or whatever. Whatever. It was. Whatever. whatever. But 
Yeah, if if he does leave, I I don't know why it's San Francisco. That's where he's going. If Aaron Judge leaves the yeah, Yankees, he's going to San Francisco. San Francisco. I don't know, man. If I was Cashman, I would just pour everything that I had left into the Aaron Judge uh, sweepstakes and then just call up prospects. Because I think that at this point they've they're starting to misuse their prospects because. Oswald Peraza hasn't really gotten many opportunities, and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa is getting still getting starts, which I get, like, you brought him in to be the starting shortstop, but you're trying to make a playoff push. You're trying to get farther than the ALCS. What what is, does Isaiah Kiner-Falefa have that's going to push you over the top? Other than... You can play catcher. Um, there's a reason why he's not a catcher anymore. But, you know, what, what does Isaiah Conner-Falefa bring you? He brings... Like two home runs. Yeah. He brings three home runs. Oh, three. Three home runs, <laughs> three right? solid long shots. One one grand slam. Back at the wall. And wall. what is it? How many errors? Oh, God. How, like... A good amount. A, a, a decent, good amount of errors. A concerning amount for somebody who everybody's like, oh, he's like one of the top defensive shortstops in the league. That's not very... Um, very reassuring to see, you know, how many errors he has. And he keeps, you know, everybody's like, oh, he's got such a strong arm. I've yet to really see a throw that he puts, like, to the chest. Everything's either been spiked or sailing through the air. It's not very reassuring. But you have Peraza, who's one of the top shortstop prospects, just waiting. Mm -hmm. You have Anthony Volpe. Volpe. I I wouldn't call him up just yet. I'd give him one full season in AAA first. I, I just have him in fantasy. So ah, okay. we, can, we can call him up whenever. Yeah. And then you have Cabrera, who, before getting called up, played four games in the outfield across all levels of the minor leagues. And now you're, he's basically your starting right fielder. He's done a great job. I'm not saying that, you know, he shouldn't be an outfielder. I'm saying that you have a lot better options to play over uh, Kiner Falefa and Donaldson. Donaldson... It's tr- it's a weird trend. Every time I like look at Donaldson, I go, ah, he's terrible. It's a home run. So yeah. yep. you have to keep criticizing him. I I guess I do in order to keep this playoff hope alive or this World Series hope alive. But I mean, I I really don't see how he could take them over the edge because it's 2022. It's not 2016. Not 2015. It's not 2014. Not 2014. What's Donaldson gonna do? 2013. For you? All right, thank Go you. <laughs> like I. You got to. Yeah. But the outfield's getting pretty thin right now because everybody keeps getting injured. So just got to hope Harrison Bader does something, comes back, and you could move Cabrera and Peraza into starting positions in that infield, and I think they'll be in a much better position. How long is Bader going to be out for? I think he's come back Tuesday. Oh, Harrison okay. Bader's on the Yankees. He got yeah, traded at the deadline Jordan for Montgomery. Montgomery. Which was the worst yeah, trade? Yeah, that's a, that that's was a such bad, a bad trade. That's a bad trade. Nothing. Can he go out and throw like yeah, eight he, shutout he games or something? Like three straight games. He abs- yeah. but against the Yankees, yeah. his first start was against the Yankees. He absolutely shoved, and then Frankie Montas, you know, couldn't go past five innings for like his first four starts. And I, had to cu- I, had to, I had to cut him in fantasy. As you, I, I don't blame bad. you. He it was, was really bad. It was not. It was not pretty. All right, Brendan. If you had to pick two of these three, sure. To, for the Red Sox, before we go to commercial break, Bogarts, <laughs> Devers, Judge. 
Um, I'm a big Devers guy. I like the way he looks when he's batting. It just gives me, <laughs> gives me happiness. Um, okay. Okay. Plus, he's, every time he swings, like, he Honestly, tries to hit the ball 5,000 feet every This is time the groundbreaking analysis you get here. So I have two points with this. I really like Bogarts, but the way he's act, like, I feel like there's a kind of a sense I've seen from him that he doesn't feel super respected by management and possibly even fans. Um, and that's something well, the that... fans aren't going to respect him the way he's been playing lately. No, he's, he's, he's going he's, for the, uh, the batting crown. He's like second in the, uh, in the league. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Look this up. Is he? Look this up. He's like three. He's batting like three forty eight. I don't like think that. he's Xander Bogart. Look at him. I think up. he's hitting like two ninety something. He's not. Now. He's hitting well into the three. I thought he was hitting much lower. What is he hitting? Hold on. Wait. Look at the look at the AO batting race. Oh, he is. He's hitting three seventeen. I thought he was hitting much worse. I did too. What's the AL batting race right now? Because I'm pretty sure he's going for it. The AL batting race is Arias, Bogarts, Look at that. Abreu, Judge, yeah. Beanie, 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 Beanie. Yeah. Okay. Second. Um. To answer your question, I'm I'm a homegrown guy. You know, Bogarts has been here the longest. He was on the 2013 team, um, and as long as he's happy, then I'm fine with it. Because him and him and Story are friends. If they can work out the whole like Trevor Story playing second base and being okay with it, I'm fine. Hey, it could be Marcelo Meyer season. Though. Yeah, that's the other point is that yeah, we in like four years. At some Marcelo point, at some, our age. at some two point, years. at some point, we'll have a. Highly counted shortstop prospect come up, but that's platoon, not the point we're at right now. We can so. platoon a shortstop for a couple of years. And usually, no, and usually teams draft shortstops regardless of team need because shortstops in high school and college are usually the most athletic and versatile players on the field. So that's a player that you could be like, with enough experience, Marcelo Mayer is athletic enough that you could probably throw him into the outfield or you can throw him into second base or third base. What do we think about... And so it's not like, you're not going to like... Get rid of Bogart. Yeah, I'll, I'll finish. No, it. I think it's, okay. it's too early to make that decision. No, I'm, really I'm just saying in, in, in general. Like, you're not going to not keep Bogarts because of Marcelo Mayer. You're not going to get rid of Bogarts because of Marcelo Mayer. So it's, it's early. He's not going to come up for like three years. At he's least. in like low A right now. Yeah. What do we think about Casas so far? He hits bombs. Solid. I don't know what he's hitting, but I do know that he hit two absolute nukes. Yeah. He's a future, 100%. I, mean, I think he's going to be I think he can be a solid first baseman. I was a solid say, everyday guy. I don't think he's going to be like one of your, like, you know, like an all-star type player, but I think he's a solid guy that you can count on. I, I'm disagreeing with that. I think he can be a cornerstone that you build around. I'd say first base. If you re-sign Devers, if you don't bring back Devers, I say move him to third. Fifteen. Yeah, exactly. Right. Again, really, you're gonna nine you're, games. Yeah, though. you're gonna take nine games from a rookie as a September call-up and use that to judge his complete MLB future. Well, no. I'd say he's gonna be your everyday first baseman if you re-sign Devers. If you don't re-sign Devers, I say you move him to third and put Hosmer at first. That's a good take. I don't think he can play third. I mean, he. I mean, he, he came has, up as a third baseman. He has played third, and Devers also came up as a first baseman. So they're really? just yeah. So they're just switching. Oh. Devers well, will not I, like Devers third. was projected to be like our first baseman for the future. Yeah, but Devers he won't leave third. And then I think they got Dahl back, and they're like, oh crap, we got to This has had nine games across all levels in the minor leagues at third base. It's still third base. I guess, but it's been I, I mean, put him, you can put him at third base. All right, all right. If Devers walks. Speaking of. Uh, Never mind. It's not speaking of anything. But I just got a uh, notification that uh, Araldus Chapman is back from the 15-day IL. Was oh. that from the, uh, the tattoo, tattoo disaster? Maybe. Yeah, he I got a tattoo. Well, so two, he was put on the IL because he had an infection from a tattoo he got. And his, like, inner leg, 
I think. That's I mean, what it was. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Commercial. All right. Commercial. Sorry, yeah, Brendan's you guys probably heard talk that. for a second. Um, so we're going to go to a quick commercial break, and then we're going to come back and talk about everybody's favorite topic here at B&E, the New England Patriots. So that was our first big topic here. That's what Ethan and I kind of talked about when we didn't know each other. So, so right now we're Patriots talk, everyone's favorite section right here. Um, you know, week one, Miami, we're in Miami. Patriots are in Miami. That never goes well, regardless of when and, what, you know, what time of year it is. But, you know, there's got to be some positives to this game. Would you like to start with the positives or the negatives, E? Um, what do you want me to start with? You know, let's I start with the negatives. Yeah, let's. I think the game was a negative. I mean, we <laughs> lost and we didn't look very strong on offense or defense after the first drive. So take it away. E. Um, <laughs> negatives were uh, Trent Brown. Yeah. Yes. Trent Brown was not good. Um, he let up what like three QB hurries, a sack, two QB hits. Um, James Ferentz. Looked, he looked very sluggish. He looked like he shouldn't be playing football. He looked like he was just walking. Um, so him and no socks were just standing there, and yeah. it was just gross. Um, Miles Bryant, another another dud. Um, he, he looked bad. Yeah, he would miss a ton of tackles, and then he'd return a punt for six yards, and then start screaming in someone's face like, <laughs> "Come on, you got no, you know, you, you can't do that." No leverage there. And then Matt Patricia's play calling. The offense was. A, a joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's putting it nicely. Um, the exclusion it was, yeah. of Kendrick it was Bourne. A joke. Yeah, mm. he did play Kendrick Bourne, who then came in and made a great play. Brendan didn't see it. One catch um, for forty-one yards. No, you were like in the bathroom, and I go, Brendan Kendrick Bourne just made a play. Yeah, I didn't see it live. But yeah, yeah. And then the next Duty play, Aguilar and, and fumbled. Aguilar fumbled. <laughs> <laughs> and he, what did he throw something on the bench? Right. Yeah, he like spiked his helmet. Yeah. Well, I would too. Clearly it's frustrating. The new, the it's frustrating. New Kendrick Bourne, you know, man of God, is uh, he's, he's very outspoken Christian. Now. Yeah, he's, he's struggling to fit in with the Patriots um, this season. I don't know what's going on, but um, clearly there's a bit of butting heads going on. Uh, what did he miss? Like a preseason he missed like workout, a pre-se- or he missed like a meeting before a game? And I guess Patricia was like, "Oh, that's it. I'm not playing you ever." It's like, yeah, what um, is the dude, point? Who cares? Fun winning. Matt Patricia, Patricia shouldn't sucks. even have a doghouse in the first place. Yeah, no. Who's gonna build that? Like, what? No one wants. Yeah. Like, I, get him out of here, Matty yeah. P. I mean, it's a little extreme to say that after week one, but Gross. like, we've had experience with him. You know, he's been a previous coach the last few years, and then of course their former defensive coordinator. I don't know. I'm just really not a huge fan of the guy, especially calling the offensive plays. But it is what it is. This seeing is what that, we're stuck with. Seeing that he was going to be the offensive coordinator, I was so confused, and I was my first thought yep. was what what offensive experience. Does he have successful offensive experience? Well, let me pull up his Wikipedia page. Of course. Well, did I, you know I, that he I, was the head coach of the Detroit Lions, exactly. one of the greatest franchises in football? Exactly. Because I'm pulling for the Lions this year. I've discussed like this before. Well, that's I think because everybody Dan wants Campbell to see, yeah. is like 20 times the head coach that Matt Patricia is. Yeah. In 2004, Bill Belichick, Bill Bel- not Bill Belichick, Matt Patricia won a Super Bowl with the New England Patriots as a offensive assistant. Assistant. That okay, is the only what he do? He has as an is that the only offensive experience he's had? He no, was also he coach. Uh, in 2005. He got promoted to assistant offensive line. After that, they immediately moved him to defense. Ah, so, so that's the only saw. offense experience he has. He also played so, offensive line in so college, but it, I also played offensive so line in fifth you might grade. Even so. say that his, <laughs> you might even say that his offensive experience success wasn't really 
much of his. Wasn't his. Right. Yeah. He was an offensive assistant. He just shared it, like essentially. Yeah. Yeah. But he did win a Super Bowl on the offensive side of the ball. Anyway, are there any pros yeah. from pros. this game? Cole Strange. <laughs> now, before you go into this, Here. did he play the whole game? No, he did not play two drives, but. Isaiah Wynn did the same thing, mm-hmm. and Belichick came out and said that it wasn't a benching. It was to keep their stamina up because it was like 110 degrees in Miami. That's okay. a great point. That is All a great right. point. I'm glad we'll clear that up because he had a context there was, behind the decision. He was being talked about, you know, as having, having a very high PFF, PPF, whatever the grade is. Like PFF, football. PFF, yeah. So um, it's a good point because, like, you weren't sure if that was an actual accurate performance or if it was based on, like, him not playing the whole time. That's a good point. Cole Strange. Yeah. Um, Speaking of uh, Cole Strange, if I may for a second. Take the floor, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was my birthday on August 28th. and <laughs> my Shout good out friend, birthdays. My good friend Gillette Nation over here yeah. has a few connections in the game. A few. Just a few. So <laughs> I, try, I try my best. Speaking of Cole Strange. <laughs> I try my best. You know, this was, this was my birthday gift from <laughs> Ethan. Hey, what's up, Mike? This is Cole Strange. Just wanted to... Wish you a birthday. Hope it's a good one. Go Pats. Roll that. It, and, and, <laughs> and, and, Pats, and when I was when I was talking you, to Cole, Cole he goes, "This it. was the first one he had ever done." So, fun fact from Mike: the first ever I'm cameo first type thing. Cameo. It wasn't even a cameo. I just asked him over Instagram. I'm um, the first birthday wish Cole Strange has ever given out as a professional athlete. Basically, yes. <laughs> and no, as a person. The, yeah, the only time he's ever said happy birthday is you. Cole Strange doesn't say happy birthday except for you. That's right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to, now he's going to have to do I'm it every to DM year. Every year and say, hey, you know what time it is. We need, <laughs> we need another Mike video. We got to step up your do. game. Yeah, you know what to do. And yeah, every year it's going to be different. Yeah. And he's just going to keep getting like more outrageous. Next yeah. year he's going to like shoot some fireworks into this guy that say happy birthday. We can send him some money to like... He, like, he wears well. a happy birthday patch or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, Cole like, Strange was a positive. Like <laughs> Cole Strange was a positive. Good, good. Anything um, else? No, is okay. Kyle Duggar. Kendrick Bourne's one play. Yeah, that looked. That was a nice play. And then yeah, Kyle Duggar was my player. Yeah, he was. Yeah. he was a beast everywhere. Fantastic. He had like seven total tackles. Uh, he, got a need, he got a need. He got need in the some of the were. groinal area. Yeah. Um, and miss like a few plays, but dude's he a freak. Needs, yeah, he's he's just a yeah, he's an animal. Speaking of uh, safeties, what's the update on uh, Adrian Phillips? By the way, how's he doing? I have no idea. No, I, I feel like that's something I should know. But Kyle Duggar said okay. something that alluded to him being able to be. Was okay. it a rib injury? Uh, I think so. I'll check the injury report from today. I think right. Ky- I'm pretty sure there's a quote Kyle Duggar said like, he'd be aight. Like he sound he'd like he'd be aight. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he'd be aight. Like, yeah. He said something where like it was alluding to like he's probably going to. Adrian be fine. Phillips rib injury is questionable for Sunday. Okay, uh, that's fine. Uh, that's a great going transition. Going up Trubisky, don't really need him. I mean, that I, offense I, is kind of a question mark, even with all the big name players they have. You know what I mean? I like Mitchell Trubisky. I was, He's okay, but he performed pretty terribly against the. Well, not terribly. I but mean, both quarterbacks performed terribly. Like, in that this is one his game. first time in like since. What, the Bears? Three yeah, years. The Bears, since yeah. with the Bears that he's in a starting position. So I'm not going to put too much against him. Nobody's really looking at him to perform like Patrick Mahomes or, you know, being like Understood. the top quarterback at the end. Nobody's expecting him to win an offensive player of the year, an MVP. I think at this point it's just trying to develop Kenny Pickett. Granted, that's not much of a better option at the moment. Kenny but two I gloves. Mean, I mean, you know, you draft a quarterback, you know, you're hopefully trying to get him to the level where he'd be able to, unless, 
you know, you're the Patriots with Tom Brady. You're trying to draft a quarterback in order to get him to be ready to compete at a starting level in the NFL. Granted, a lot of the times we've seen that fail, but, you know, that's a lot of the times it's that's when it's because they just throw guys out there without any guidance. So I think Trubisky's yeah. just really, really in as that placeholder, granted. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how Pickett does because he doesn't really have the, the right quarterback room to grow as a player because... You know, it's Trubisky and Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph. So I don't, I don't know how I, how confident <laughs> I am as a rookie. You know, if I have a question and going to, you know, Mitch Trubisky or Mason, Mason Rudolph. Rudolph. So it, it's going to be interesting. I think the best case scenario is you just bring Big Ben as in like a. Give him his phone number or something. So I, th- I think I saw something where Kenny <laughs> talked to a legitimate Kenny Pickett was the only. He was like the only first rounder to not play week one. I don't know if that's right, but I know he didn't play week one. Um, but you know, backup quarterback is. Uh, they obviously drafted him to be the quarterback of the future, and mm-hmm. it, I felt like right when he came out to, uh, out of college, it was destined that Kenny Pickett was going to be a Steeler. He went to Pitt. It's literally the same facility. Um, it's just two doors next to each other. Yeah. Um, they needed a quarterback, and I think. But when they signed Trubisky, it was like, okay, this is sort of going to be a bridge year. They'll have Trubisky be quarterback this year. They'll and then just throw Test pick it into the fire, right? Um, so, you know, kind of like I liked his fake slide in college. That was, that was so. That was I don't amazing. think I would have known who Kenny Pickett was until if the it draft, wasn't for the fake slide. Not for the Dude, slide. That fake slide. They took the rule out, but yeah. that's such a s- unbelievable play that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know how no one had thought of that sooner. I don't that know how he did like this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he was like, like mid slide. You gotta like drag that foot like on the grass, like behind you, and then all of a sudden just bounce back up. There's a lot of stress there. But like, I don't know. I kind of think of this, you know, def- definitely not gonna pan out the way it did, but like Tyrod Taylor, Baker Mayfield situation. You know? Tyrod Taylor, a Justin Herbert situation. <laughs> exactly. Anything including Tyrod Taylor. Anything Tyrod Taylor. Anything Tyrod Taylor outside the Giants? Yeah. Anything Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor's guy. starting position Bryce outside Young. of Buffalo. I think that's what he's like been used as that kind of guy to bridge over those. Basically, yeah. he made the playoffs. He won a with Super Bowl. The, I mean, with well, the, I mean, the with the Ravens as a backup. Yeah, right. But like he, elite, Joe but like as a, yeah. as a starting quarterback. Uh, Did he make it with Buffalo? I think he like maybe made it one Josh year. I think, been, he, I think they played the year. Jags. I know, I know he played in the first round, and it was like a really low-scoring game. I think. I know the Jags played the. S- I know he played spoiler for played the Jets the when they were one game away from. Because I know the Jags. Because Jags know, Rex beat the Steelers. Ryan has a some crazy of, game in the divisional game. Rex Ryan has a tendency of keeping the Jets out of the playoffs, whether he's on the team or not. Yeah, yeah it was ten to three. Right, it was Jaguars, that super low-scoring game. Jalen Ramsey got like a game-winning pick or something. Yes, yeah. Let's take a look real Jacksonville quick. Jacksonville team that Tyrod Taylor led by Jacksonville. Oh, look led at this! By, as we were talking on the way over here, Jacksonville oh. team that was led by I one and only. I wasn't walking. You were not you. there, which is why I'm in, informing you on what we were talking about. <laughs> was terrible. Blake Bortles. Oh, Blake Bortles was at the helm of that offense, that's leading true. them to victory. That's true. The boat. Blake Bortles. That's why he's the boat. When Tom Brady left New England, Blake Bortles was like the number one guy I wanted to replace him out out of the team. At first, I was like, okay, let's roll with Stidham. But I wanted Bortles. I would have gone to Blake Bortles' jersey. Blake Bortles in that game was... You would have gone to Blake Bortles' jersey. I am ready to purchase my Jets Blake Bortles jersey 
once Flacco gets injured. It's never going to happen. <laughs> 12 for 23. You, know, you want it so I, bad, it's I not going to happen. If you I weren't a Bortles fan, they would sign him. But the fact that probably, they're, they're doing it to spite probably. you. They're doing it to spite you. They probably have seen my Twitter post pre-Quinnipiac and see, right. wow, this kid really has a gripe with how the Jets have been underperforming, but he really likes Blake Bortles. We're not going to sign him. Let's... let's Ang- like annoy our fans and not get it. I think no. Let's I, bring you, him in you for bring, a tryout and then cut him. You bring up a good point. Would you rather? No, because you're just going to say Bortles. Well, would I rather have Wilson or Bortles? No, I was going to. I was going to say. How about? Would you have the? Would you have the? I'm trying to think how to word this. Just say it. We'll we'll critique it for you. Yeah. If the Jets right. were to sign Bortles, yes, but the only way they sign Bortles is if he's the backup the entire year to Colin Kaepernick. Do you accept that? Yeah. Colin Kaepernick is terrible at football. Well, Blake Bortles is, well, so they're going to see how I mean, Colin Kaepernick is, is terrible. Then, that is no, true. No, but they don't play him. So then it's what's just, the point of bringing him on as a... It brings a lot of media to a team. And well, that I mean, would not be yeah, what, good or bad. Bad though. media. Right. That, but uh, I, would, well, I would say Blake Bortles, even, if, even bit, if they sign Blake Bortles, he's not going to be a starter for the Jets. I'm fine with that. But what if he would have started, started last year. He has we'll playoff see, experience. Well, I can't. Both of them we'll do. We'll Colin Kaepernick we'll lost see. the Super Bowl. Don't ever forget that Blake Bortles took a team to the AFC Championship game. And they were Don't, up 10 in the fourth quarter. Don't ever in forget England. that. <laughs> in New England, they were up 10. Damn straight. Yeah, exactly. Damn straight. Unfortunately, he had to throw his last pass of his Jaguars career straight into the right hand of Stefan Gilmore. That was the greatest thing. My dad just texted me saying, I have breaking news for B&E show. Uh oh! Have right. him call in. Have him call in. No, no, I can't because we have to limit him. Why? Why do we have to limit him? Why do we have to limit him? All right, B&E breaking news. This, this man is gracious. Shout out, Mr. Host. Tickets to the to the game. According to Gillette Nation. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, all right. Oh. He actually has breaking Here news. Here we go. According to Gillette Nation, Dad. Okay, so it's about the Pats Jets game we're going to in October. Oh, Lord. oh okay. I don't want to butcher this, and I hope I'm reading this email right. Oh, nobody I don't wanna... knows that we're going. So yeah, let's... we're going to the Pats Jets game in October. October Shout out to my dad. Is... We're going to MetLife Stadium. The Brickshaw Ferguson retirement ceremony. retirement game on our Ring of Honor. 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 Yeah, Ring of Honor. But my dad got us tickets, so shout out to my dad. Woo-hoo. And um, shout out to your mom for getting mom. us lunch today. Right. Thank so, you, Mrs. Herwitz family on top right but now. But I don't want to butcher this email because I think I'm reading it correct, but it's. So I guess we have post-game field passes. <laughs> I don't know how this happened, but that's what the email says. What does that? What crying. does that let us do? It's at I'll be any breaking news. Okay. Be any breaking news. Quote: Hope this message finds you well. We received a note about your redemption for post-game field passes for the Patriots Jets game at MLF Stadium. Please let me know what your guest names will be, and we will send confirmations the week of the game. Thanks. What would that entail? Like, you get to go on the field after the game? Is that it? Like, your guess is as good as mine. I just got the text. That's awesome. That would be some crazy content for me. Yeah. So, are you actually crying? (laughs) 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 I've only been to one Jets game. Hold it down. And that was. When was it? I don't know it was this camera. Right it was yeah, when the Rams, the I believe, had just moved to LA. Okay, right. So it was and like Jared Goff's sick. like second season or something like that. I think like Nick that. Foles was a starting quarterback for that game. Oh, okay. I think <laughs> it was November thirteenth, two thousand sixteen. Right. Bryce Petty's first NFL start with the Jets 
Brandon oh. Marshall was on the team. Bilal oh. Powell was on the team. It was like a young Aaron Donald, and the Jets lost that nine could to go six. That's right. I and do they, remember you they, telling me the that. The Jets scored the only touchdown, and Nick Folk missed the the field goal, and or the extra point, and then the Rams only scored on three field goals. That must have been a fun game then. It was. It was an interesting experience, and it was pretty fun. It was yeah. the touchdown was really cool because it was like, like something. They're on the, they're within the ten, and it was like a screen pass to Brandon Marshall who was like in the process of getting tackled at like the two, and he just lateraled it to Bilal Powell, on the, and he like cut to the left side, like around him and scored. It was. Probably it was a pretty sick touchdown. I mean, obviously, you wish it ended better, but 2016, the last time I'd been to a game at MetLife Stadium. Yeah, the only the only regular season game I've ever been to is with uh, Mr. Mr. Hurwitz over here, and um, you just happened to be there. Yeah, yeah, I was there with you. Not like it wasn't like you know what I mean. Anyway, Miles Bryant was cut through like Swiss cheese that game. Isaiah McKenzie. Yikes. The reason people still know his name is because of that game. Mm-hmm. Listen, Isaiah McKenzie is a wide receiver four or five on every team in the NFL, but that game, he was unstoppable against Miles Bryant. He was, he was running PA, They were running PA crossers the whole game, and the Madden suggestions were just like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Good luck. Yeah. That was rough. I'd like to publicly apologize because... Um, we're probably going to lose the game to the Jets because I have a terrible track record of Boston <laughs> sports games over the last year and a half of my life. Um, God, the only win I've seen in the last maybe 14 games I've been to was uh, Bruins Sabres, which was like the last game of the regular season, and Bergeron had to score a hat trick to win that game. So got, today is September 16th, and we're not going to the game for about another month and a half. Uh, when it happens, you heard it here first. I'm sorry. And Seth, <laughs> congratulations. I got to go to my Twitter because I've been tweeting. I've, I went to like four Red Sox games this year. Um, I never got I have to a bad record, unfortunately. It's, it's sad. And I still go to the games and waste money. <laughs> I. Yeah, I didn't get to any Red Sox I went games this year. to four Red Sox games this year. Four. Oh, and four? Oh, yeah. Um, Um, I went to four Red Sox games this year. 36 innings of Red Sox baseball I watched. 25 hits. They only scored five runs, and they went (laughs) 0-4. I haven't seen the Red Sox win this year. I didn't even get to see them hit a home run. Um, That is really tough, So that's not good. No, I I just, I've had bad luck. It started with, uh, I went to a Red Sox game around this time last year uh, with my buddies from home, and uh, we drove up to Boston, or I drove them up to Boston, um, my buddy promised us that we'd get student nines. For those of you who don't know, you nine dollar tickets to the Sox. You know, who wouldn't pass up student that bargain? Nines. I never did that. Um, I've done that a few times. We get up there. He doesn't like. He goes MIA. We finally get into contact with me. Yeah, hey guys, I didn't get. We didn't get the tickets. So you know, we're in Boston. We had to go up to Fenway to ticket window, like back in the day. And we're like, yeah, any tickets left? And like Red Sox Yankees. Like this was a big game. Oh, so there's no shot. The guy, the guy was just in a terrible mood. He's like, yeah, you know, we got a couple seats behind home plate, you know, or not. He said, no, he goes, they're on the first base side, like really good seats. How much? 130 bucks. We're like, like we all plan to pay $9 to go to this game. You know, the only way we're getting in is 130 and we're already up there. So it's like, what do you do? We go in, 
the guy completely lied to our faces about where the seats were. They were the last row behind home plate. And the way Fenway Park is designed, you can't see the sky. So so you're you're going by this all wrong. And I have perfected the Red Sox going to the game experience down to a T. And I'm going to need this clip because I'm going to save this because I do this every single time I go to Boston. And I went to games on like back-to-back days. What you do is you never buy them from the Red Sox. You never buy them from some random person. You always go to Ticketmaster, StubHub, Ace Ticket, one of those sites. Those seats are for the last row in the grandstands, right field side, third base, those super high bleachers, dead center, for like 20 bucks. Sure, it's like $10, $15 for... The fees um, like and the all fees that, yeah. And the fees and the shipping and the handling and the taxes. <laughs> but overall, sub $50 for a ticket. Now, what you do is Red Sox games, they say they're sold out. But what sold out really means is that all the tickets have been sold either to people or to these ticket sites. It doesn't mean that all the tickets have been purchased. That's a very so, good point. So what you do is you just go and sit in like the first row. You get kicked out, you move back. <laughs> I went to like 15 games over the last three years, and I paid under $200 probably for every single ticket. Yeah. And I sat in like the the 100 section, like along the, the edge yeah. every single time. And great. A family comes, oh, I'm, uh, I think you're in our seats. Oh, sorry. And then you just <laughs> move down. It's perfect. Is it illegal? No. It's, it's, like, un- it's shamed upon. Is it's- it unethical? Maybe. Now that's where we go. <laughs> yeah. But that's not the conversation. That's yeah, the, exactly. We're not an ethical show or a sports show. If no. you want to go to a Red Sox game for cheap and have good seats, yeah. do it my way. It works. And great. Security once came up to us and like, yeah, these aren't your seats. We're like, oh, we're sorry. So we just moved to the other side, avoided the security guard, and sat in the same spot, just on the other side of the field. It works every time. Yeah. MetLife, watch out. Now, mate, follow up question E. Sure. And now that the sound bet is over, because I will clip that for you. Awesome. At the Patriots preseason game. Yep. Were you using this strategy? I was. My seats for the preseason game are in the 300s. I never sit in my seats for the preseason. I always go down to the bottom. What happened then? Well, someone... You saw this. I, some, someone so, t- I somehow saw it across the stadium. Right. Someone <laughs> someone goes, I think these are our seats. And we're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I think, <laughs> I think we're in the wrong row. So we just moved back a row. Yep. Moved back a section. No one came to us. Again, it's preseason. No one goes to the preseason games, so you can just sit there. No one's going to be like, oh, you're in our seats. Get out of our seats. Right. No one wants to watch Bailey Zappi from the, <laughs> from the there fifth row. people to really create that commotion? Right. And because at the end of the day, a lot of these preseason games are, like, meant for, like, kids. And so they go. It's, like, 7 o'clock. They'll go for, like, the first half, and then they'll leave. Yeah. That's basically bed. it. Yeah. So, yes, I've done it for the preseason as well. I have a strategy myself, but... This will remain in my inner circle. Oh, this secret. will not go sure. on the radio. So, um, Anything else you want to add into our first episode of season two? What an accomplishment. Hey, we never talked about it. We won an award. We didn't talk about that on the air. We won an award. We won Most Improved Show in the spring semester uh, the award show. Mike and I came on full time. Yeah. Once we brought Mike and Seth on, uh, something went, you know, something happened. Something I mean, clicked. I think you it also. Thank us for it. And Ethan and I talked about this in a moment. How do they judge this? Yeah. 
How do they judge? I know, that what award? kind of statistics? Do they go? Do they go? This show's bad, and then like <laughs> later in the semester they're like, this show is better than that. Yeah, and then they're like, <laughs> they're better than bad. Right? Now. <laughs> they, go, they, they hear the show, they they gonna be aight. But yeah, then, how yeah, do you yeah. judge what's a bad show and what's like a mediocre show? I, I have, have to, I have the clip. Do you want our asked. initial reaction clip? Sure, this is, yeah, All right, yeah, so yeah, I got yeah. a one minute clip of this was this. immediately after we won the award. I remember this. I'm recording the thoughts. All right, initial thoughts. The any one most improved show of the year mm-hmm. of the semester. This is most improved show of the year. I think so. This is comparing to the first semester of the, the year. So, <laughs> the year. we won a yearly award. You know, Ethan's been saying, and I agree with him. I don't know what this means. Like, we still don't. We did bad. Like, I didn't think we were ever bad. We just no. didn't know each other. You just got less professional as the year went on. Uh, that's exactly how I feel about it too. Like, you know. We used to say it tough, like, like every, every Wednesday we'd be in there. Right. You know. Now we, we have a show whenever we want. <laughs> we do it. We <laughs> very tentative. You know, we babble about random crap now. We talk about milk and grocery stores. And I swear Josh. all the time. It's how we get it. So. And we talk about to kill Harry every week. So yeah. that's no, We'll it's never be able to escape him. Well, yeah, there, there, there it is. There's the weekly Nikhil Harry name Did he play? <laughs> he was traded. No, he's on IR. He got Thank traded God. to the Bears over the summer. I. Oh, every week we somehow seem to slip him in, whether it's intentional or unintentional. Nikhil Harry this summer traded for his conditional seventh round pick to Chicago. Good. His has been placed on IR. Um, but <laughs> I, that's a that's a perfect the biggest place trash to, can in the history that's of the a NFL. Perfect place to end this. I, I, uh, on that note, on that, on that note, <laughs> that's there will never be an episode of B and E without some kind of reference to that man. So, Here, do you want you guys want to do a quick uh, like? Couple minute look ahead at the uh, Steelers game real quick. Yeah, and then we, we can yeah, wrap it up. That's a good point. Or, there's no one else coming in. We might yeah, well. that's why I said I just a few minutes. I could always cut it and post at that last thing. How do we think we match up against Trubisky and Deontay and Najee and all of them? Deontay drops in. Oh. Hey, we caught eight <laughs> passes last week. Once we have the sound bites, I'll spam the oh week. like that. Oh. Yeah, we're working on it. We're going to. And now that I'm kind of rising up. Um, Houseway. Yeah, that's definitely. Houseway. Uh, We'll have the the super hot fire. You ain't got the answers. Um, You ain't got the answers. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think the Steelers, they lost TJ Watt. So, I mean. I think they said that he would be back in maybe six weeks. It helps us, though. It helps us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poor booby. He did tears booby. Oh, Justin Herbert, uh, fractured rib remains day to day. So he should be okay, considering that they just played. They have a whole, you know, a yeah. whole long weekend they plus the, the next week. week to prepare. So he should be okay. Um, you know, I have Nahi, Nahi, Naji. Gosh, I can't speak Najee. the names today. Naji in fantasy, but I will not be playing him because roll pats. Um, oh come on. I, wa- I mean, let's just be... I played Najee last week. Yeah, but he, he didn't did, play the Pats they're last they're week. The he did solid. Okay, so what? Um, What are you paying? What are you not going to play? Is it one o'clock game? One o'clock game? Najee. 17 points. Najee Harris is also coming off an ankle injury. Dun, dun, dun. See, I used to not play players against the Patriots when they had a good defense like two or three years ago. But like now... Pats defense gave up 13 points last week. 13 points should be enough to win. Yeah, thirteen points for, spots. for a de- for a defensive fantasy is pretty good. But no, same. thirteen points like, like the defense only gave up thirteen points. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That should be enough to win. Oh yeah, it should be. 
Yeah, well, that's because Tua is their quarterback, and Tua turned the ball over has to be one of the Tua worst quarterbacks in AFC East history. Yeah, it's gross. Uh, Zach Wilson's up there, too. Hey. Zach Wilson is miles better is than Zach Wilson going to be better for... Is Zach Wilson, Zach, Zach Wilson going to be uh, healthy for the, uh, the game I'm, that we go to? Um... I think so. I'm praying. Is yeah, is he only supposed to miss like the first four? Yeah. Yeah, then it's yeah. Like the first be, four. Yeah, what it'll is, be fine. This game is like week. I think it's like week seven or eight. Uh, Justin Herbert diagnosed with a rib cartilage fracture. That broke like just a minute ago. That news. <laughs> <laughs> from, uh, oh, it doesn't say. It says from the Chargers, whatever. Five, six, seven, eight. Week eight. He week should eight. be back. Yeah, he'll be back. Unless something else happens. What about Taekwon? Can we get him week eight or does it have to be after week eight? No, it's after week four. I'm not, even, I'm not even speaking to the mic oh, right now. Yeah, it's after week four. Oh. How do you think he'll impact the team this year? Do you think he'll provide some dynamics in I think terms he's of stretching do, the field? I think he's going to do what people thought Aguilar would do, is he's going to be our deep threat guy. He's probably not going to catch that many passes and not get that many yards and that many touchdowns, but he's going to be a guy As long as the, race, the, 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 the averages are good right. and he comes up when we need him to. Yeah. I'd yeah. like to make a hot take about football. Go for it. Oh, we'll see. College football. Okay. Uh, Seth, I need you on this one. Okay. UConn, Michigan... Tomorrow, I have UConn covering the spread. Let's take the upset. UConn upsets Michigan at home. I have UConn covering the spread. Um, the spread's like <laughs> the forty-five. Like sp- it's um, UConn is plus forty. Like it's five. It's like forty-five. Yeah, and a half. It, I think it's forty-seven. Um, like something crazy. I, I might throw five bucks on UConn just cause because I have them covering. Uh, That'd uh, be cool. no. It's you never know. I I, I don't know. I do know. No, like, that'd be crazy. But it it would be crazy. I think that would be nuts. But it's very, 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 very far out of the realm of reality. Oh, it's extremely, extremely unlikely. they're going to be better. They're going to be better than, like, if this was last year, I'd say they lose by, like, 80. Maybe they lose by 79. Hey, Michigan hasn't named their starting quarterback yet. There's some in-house drama. You know what I mean? Like... UConn is oh, well. UConn's intimidating. Like, isn't UConn we have one of the worst? We beat UConn is like the tenth worst team in the entire country. We beat Central Connecticut State like, University. Yeah. I think that says a lot about the program. Um, they also have really what good media. <laughs> I'm No, I'm satiring. I think that's the correct. I'm satiring. Form. I think that's the correct. You know, sorry to sorry to Greg if he's listening, but like, who cares? Who sent Greg's a big CCSU guy. Well, We're gonna get the, phone, to the, the phone's gonna start ringing. The phone's gonna start ringing. Yeah. But like, uh, is that Greg like, posts c- some compared- dumb stuff on his private story. All right, all right. <laughs> compared Stupid to head. Now, now we're just <laughs> slandering his. <Yeah. laughs> Shut up, Greg. All right, all right, all right. But like, compared UConn to CCSU, like, if UConn does not win that game, I say you scrap the entire program. <laughs> no, it's losing money. It's got to be losing money. And then I'll say if Michigan loses this game, scrap the entire football program. But honestly, yeah. No, but I just yeah. want you guys to know See tomorrow when UConn upsets. Like, everybody's like, oh, Harbaugh can't beat Ohio. Ohio's <laughs> Harbaugh is like kryptonite. Dude, Harbaugh UConn. loses to UConn. He's never faced we'll a dynasty you. like UConn. We'll see you. No, UConn's a powerhouse. I mean, like, <laughs> what time's that game? 12.30? It's de- not, definitely not. Let's 1. go. It's like an 11.30. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, right, no, okay. There's no way. That's why we're wrapping up the show, because we're getting on a plane going to Michigan. Yeah, right. Oh, it's in Michigan? Yeah, it's oh, at the big house. Abba, baby. Oh, oh, my God. That's why I think it. All right. That'd be great. So it's going to be 85. They're going to lose by 85. If you can win no, the worst college football, like th- no, th- this is UConn is able to put up six if they're able to score a touchdown, and then they'll probably go for two and mess. I'm uh, not mess gonna bet. It. I'm not gonna put a wager on this. I can't. Anytime I touchdown, because if I put a wager on it, that they're not gonna that they like, won't win. If no, gonna, <laughs> whatever the wager is, I'm gonna lose it. I can't. No, I just wanted to have a hot take because why not? 
Why would a college athlete choose to play D1 football at UConn? Maybe that's, Money. Maybe that's the only offer you get. Yeah, I mean, it used to suck. Like, no, but let's team. let's let's play that. It's like UConn's a good school academically. Yeah. If you like playing football as like a, like your hobby, or you just like, I don't think you know, I think you Division one football is not really a hobby. I mean, like, about D one football scholarships to people who treat football as a hobby. No, I mean, like, let's say that's like your academics are your first priority. Like, you you know what I mean? And you want to just go to a good academic school. I mean, obviously, there's some other. Probably good academic schools with bad football teams like Duke, right? Like Duke, Duke football. Duke is two and zero. Oh. Listen, Duke is two and zero. Oh. Who'd they play? Duke had Central Duke University, State University. Like I you think of former alumni of the Duke University football program, you think of starting quarterback Daniel Jones. Is he good? No, no absolutely not. He's still no. a starting quarterback. I think of Mateo Durant. That is true. Ooh. He is a starting quarterback. <laughs> Pat's met oh, okay. with him in the offseason. That's all I know. Here we go. We're going to take a look at the best NFL players from UConn. We're going to know the players. Obi Melifonwu. Randall Cobb. Obi Melifonwu. Oh, really? Um, Ronald Brown. I don't know. What's the basketball? Jones. No, UConn's oh, a basketball. Ray Allen. Ray <laughs> we're talking about football. Oh, we're talking about basketball. Well, you Kemba. said basketball. We're talking Kemba. about football here. Kemba. Didn't, um... Andre What's his John. name go there? I'm trying to find a name that I've heard of. Model. Model came out of UConn. Um, Brianna Stewart. Not That's so. not football. Okay. I don't know. We started naming random UConn yeah, I don't know athletes. what we're doing. I heard basketball, so I was like, oh, where Ray they, Allen. Where does naming people, people that go to UConn? I mean, everybody from my hometown goes yeah. to UConn, so. Yeah, me too. Like, every single person. Big Connecticut guys. Right <laughs> Shout out Connecticut. This is off the rails. Well, yeah. every episode of Beanie gets to this point where we're just like, well, let's just talk. Yeah. <laughs> It's not like we all live with each other. Nah, nah, like nah. That. We just need to do it in front of a mic. Yeah, so it's, 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 yeah. it makes it sound cooler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. We're like <laughs> we do the same thing in our living room, but now that there's professional equipment and headphones, it's like yeah, like we're analysts. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I'm I'm excited for this year at Beanie. I mean, I think the uh, Byron Jones went to UConn. I said that. I do remember that. Not my fault. I apologize. <sighs> all right. Well, it's on that Gunnar, note, Gunnar Olszewski re- revenge game. True. Does he even see the field outside of special teams? No. No, that's right. George Pickens touchdown. Is he wearing 89? Yeah. yeah. That's a weird. That's like that's a good weird. number, though. I feel like that would look good on him. Gross. Jericho Cotri. All right. Bob D. who that is. What? Who? Bob D. Panthers and Jets legend Jericho Cotri. Oh, I've actually heard that name before. You know, when I think of Panthers legends, I think of Devin Funches. <laughs> <laughs> I can't edit that out, Eat. <laughs> oh, well. All right, well, all right, I lost my headphones, but I don't care. At this point, thank you again for tuning in. If any of you are, are still listening to this uh, episode one, um, thanks again. We really appreciate the, any support we get. Um, we're just looking to expand this year, maybe do some video side of it really just start TikTok. bumping up social media um we got a tiktok now b n e yeah b n e underscore radio here let me follow it yeah real let quick. me go follow yeah. on tiktok right now um, real quick i posted just the hype video i made earlier uh, yeah yeah you guys all get it we'll start making content at the at right. the suite um, what is it? at the, the b n e house yeah the b n e what is it bachelor pad it's b n e underscore radio i believe i think i tried to make it like the other two um you can't do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, I see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Users. Oh, shoot. But yeah. It's not coming up. Um, you know, I, I appreciate the support we get not only from our, our parents, but um, our extended family and our friends here on campus who may, you know, not listen to uh, the whole hour and a half of us talking. But Don't blame you. They support us. They uh, motivate us. And, you know, they allow us to just 
come out here and do our thing. Um, and yeah, we got. I have a ton of great ideas this year, and now that we're all kind of hanging at the B and E house, that uh, <laughs> I think the content will definitely the B and E house. The B and E house will definitely shoot That's up right. um, behind the scenes stuff. Um, and yeah, yeah, I just like we definitely um, admire other people like on TikTok, like uh, Daily Intermission, and uh, yes, yeah, we're taking those, some inspiration. Those kinds of guys, we definitely have. Uh, yeah, because I've noticed inspiration the, from them. You know, if you have a mic in front of you. People listen to what you have to say. That's true. Even if it doesn't make any sense. So, on that note, UConn football upsetting Michigan tomorrow. You heard it here first. Shout out Big Milk. Shout out Big Shout Milk. Out Shout out grocery Milk. stores. Shout out to Kill Harry. And that's Shout out about to Kill it. Kill Harry's shirts. Yeah, that company. I don't even want to talk about it. We were playing to end this episode 20 minutes. Yeah, we had. Sorry. All right, on that note, thank you so much. Uh, final thoughts. No, 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 I thought you guys wanted to do a sign-off. We'll, 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 we'll go around and we'll all say the score predictions. Yeah, for the Pats, for the Pats and the Jets. Start. All right, so I got the uh, Pats winning 21-14. Ethan? If you want to know my score prediction, you can follow Gillette Nation, G-I-N-A-T-I-O-N. Score prediction will be coming out tomorrow morning. Okay. 17-14 Pats. 69 nothing Steelers. <laughs> 420 nothing Jets. Book it. You heard it. All right. Well, thanks again for tuning in. Sportsbook. We'll be back next Friday or some other time. You know, no guarantees. But follow the Twitter, follow the Instagram, and follow TikTok, and you'll get a bunch of great content updates. So thanks again, and have a great day. Thank you. Bye. Guys.